So give us a sense of how significant this visit is. Well, the visit is absolutely uh, very important given the uh, long time that has elapsed since the last time the head of uh, India came here, other than the G8, uh, G20 meeting that took place in Toronto a few years ago. So the real engagement at the prime ministerial level that happened was nearly 40 years ago, uh, during the time of Indira Gandhi. Mm -hmm. And so uh, this is the first time after this long gap uh, we have this sort of state-to-state connection. And many of us who haven't been thinking about it ask ourselves why it's been so long since that connection has taken place on the prime ministerial diplomatic stage. Yeah, and there are very strong, valid reasons for it from both ends. Uh, one of the things that brought a little bit of cooling effect was the uh, nuclear tests done by India uh, using the Canadian, uh, you know, um, uh, materials, and uh, then uh, that was taken in a negative light, and that com- kind of froze the relationship and led to a trade embargo by uh, many countries. Uh, I don't remember if it was United Nations as a whole or I don't think it was the United Nations as a whole, but I think it was primarily Canada and U.S. that had put a trade embargo, or may have been a couple of other countries. And that kind of uh, was not received very well by the uh, Indian business people and others in India in terms of the government. So their initiatives just did not move forward. Did the two prime ministers have much of a relationship? I think so. I think the uh, present government has been working extremely hard, uh, fueled by, of course, many Canadian business uh, executives as well as uh, the diaspora. So there has been a very much of a renewal uh, within Canada in terms of the energy level is you know, very high at the moment. And I think also from the Indian side, there has been a lot more of outreach and interactions with Indian companies coming to Canada and the Canadian companies going to India. Some of the projects that have been awarded to Canadian companies like SNC Lavalin and others, uh, you know, and many other companies who have now established their, have anchored their operations in India uh, and very happy with those operations now. So, you know, people like Open Text and others have, you know, large operations in India. Now, just going to ask, what are the opportunities available for both sides, and, and which has more of an opportunity for the other? Well, I think when you look at the Canadian opportunities in India, I think you will find that it's pretty much open to uh, just about every sector. Now, when we look at the strengths within Canada, you know, the strengths for what we are known uh, are, of course, the resource-related but equally important is the financial services. You have, uh, you know, the banks and the insurance companies and uh, you know, trust management, investment management, and then on top of it is the uh, element of engineering services, um, the capital projects. So the infrastructure, engineering uh, talent that we have in Canada is unmatched around the world, and the infrastructure needs of India call for that. So it really is something that can be driven by Canadian enterprises uh, with respect to their own strength. You know, pharmaceutical is another area very, very large in India. As we know now, the Indian pharmaceutical companies are growing at an incredible pace. They're, in fact, buying corporations in the United States now, you know, the drug companies in the United States. Mm-hmm. So the, the entire footprint in India has now changed where actually Indian capital is seeking investment opportunities in other countries, 
And equally, with the opening up of the regulatory environment, foreign companies are coming at a very, very fast pace into India to form joint ventures, establish their own operations, and things of that nature. Are we expecting this visit to be more symbolic, or will there be trade deals actually signed and, and moved forward? I think on a very practical level, I don't expect, you know, and this is my sort of business lens talking here, I really don't expect any big deals because other than the chemical transaction with respect to the uranium uh, supplies, I, I have not heard of any other major transactions that are on the horizon other than the the comprehensive trade agreement that has been in the works. And that agreement is very comprehensive. I think there will be good dialogue with respect to the international security element. India is uh, now supposedly the second largest you know, donor country uh, with the United Nations forces. So it provides the second largest you know, um, force uh, in terms of armed forces in the UN peacekeeping effort next to the United States. And I think there is a meeting of the minds with respect to some of those political and other sovereign-related issues. But in terms of the trade agreement, I don't think, that is just me talking out loud here, uh, that there are a lot of transactional work that will, be get, done, that will get done. What might we expect from the uh, Prime Minister's speech here in Toronto at the RICO Centre on Wednesday? I think the Prime Minister will certainly try to touch the diaspora uh, in a big way that I expect that to happen. Uh, and he's going to reach out to the Canadian businesses. He's a very business-oriented man, a very you know savvy mm-hmm. um, uh, sort of a businessman in that sense. Would you say he's more of a businessman than a politician? No, I think it's got a great equilibrium because he's doing both of those roles in so far within the one year of being the prime minister. I mean, he did that role as the uh, chief minister of Gujarat, uh, the province where he was, uh, the state where he was the leading, uh, uh, as we call them, the premier. He was the premier of uh, Gujarat. Uh, in, in India, they're called chief ministers. And he did that, and he brought so much of international investment, uh, made the business climate much more uh, versatile and much more dynamic. I think he's transporting the same formula into the central government in India. And I think he, is going to, he has done that. I mean, on his way from France, I'm told that they have just signed the deal with Dassault, you know, the aircraft company. And so um, when there are deals to be made, I think he is encouraging them to be made. Uh, he has launched a privatization uh, program for the government-owned companies in India uh, to the tune of something like seven or eight billion dollars in the next 12 months. And so um, he is trying to do a number of things that many prime ministers or the leaders around the world uh, only talk about. So he's definitely a very action-oriented. He's got a lot of bias for execution. So uh, that is quite visible, and I, I think he will he will echo that throughout his visit. Uh, He's encouraging foreign companies to come and manufacture within India to take it wherever they wish to take their merchandise to. What is the benefit of manufacturing in India? Well, in India right now, you have an incredible revolution that is happening in terms of the manpower. And so the manpower is no longer just the cheapest manpower, but it's the most talented and economically viable manpower, for example. 
So the cost to produce, and, and as you know, in industrial companies, that is the most important element that, you know, makes things uh, work or, you know, make or break for you. Uh, that's one element. The other things are that they're very, very open now and, and processing applications much faster uh, than ever before. So uh, they're moving up their uh, ladder for investments that have to be reviewed in terms of the threshold for reviewing of foreign investments uh, and other structures at the municipal, provincial, and federal level. So they are bringing down the barriers. They are providing uh, you know, support in terms of uh, the licensing and the import-export facilities. Uh, and infrastructure investment, as it will increase, it will become much more easier for people to uh, move their goods back and forth. Well, if somebody here in North America was thinking of manufacturing overseas, whether it be China or India, what would be the benefit of India over China? Well, the biggest thing is in, in India, you're dealing with a very democratic system. It's, you know, the largest democracy in the world. Uh, then you have a government that is run uh, with the set of regulations. Uh, sometimes they're tedious, but these are the governments that are used to negotiating things. So it has a very much a mercantile bent to it. So you're not dealing with in the regimes that have been very firm in their, uh, in their uh, behavior towards the international investors. And it has been playing its role in the international forum in a very, very methodical and very business-like manner that people understand. Uh, being a commonwealth country, the language is the same. The communication is much easier. The movement of people is easier. Uh, the base of the labor force that is, you know, one of the highest educated workforce, a young air force, so that the, the, air, air, the, uh, the workforce, rather. You have, uh, you know, 65% of India is under 35 uh, years of age. So now you have demographic benefits. So even if you are producing there, you would probably find the demand enough demand within India that you don't have to worry about bringing your merchandise outside. Really interesting to talk with you. Thanks so much, and it should be quite a spectacle this week. <laughs> I know it will be. <laughs>